Good morning. Some people think the best things in life are, I don't know, things, but I think the best things in life are mysteries. Like, what is going on with this curtain? <laughs> Any immediate guesses? Decorations. Puppet show decorations. These are good ideas. It's interesting. What will we do? Mystery. Well, continuing our series on contemplative prayer, and this morning I want to begin talking about sheep. I want to say two things about sheep. Okay, first thing about sheep, um, we're turning 10 years old as a congregation, and because we like to change our set design here on stage, I would like to put a whole bunch of sheep up here on the stage in painting form, not live sheep. And so um, I think in the last 10 years, it's been very interesting just to see how God has gathered this flock of sheep, you all, us. It's been amazing, and it's been fun to see God gather us. And I don't know if God has favorites in his congregations and his flocks around the world, but I think we're kind of special, and he probably does favor us. So um, in celebrating, I want representation of each of you up here in the form of sheep painting. So there's a couple opportunities for you to participate and get yourself up here as a sheep. Um, Gayla Irwin is going to be doing a Bible study and art class um, for three weeks. You have to attend all three weeks, but that'll be the last two Sundays in September and then the first week in October, and that'll be happening during the second service. So if you're interested in a Bible study about sheep and then doing some art, creating a sheep, you can sign up for that. You know, little cards, put your name and information, sheep, put it in the black box. Also, um, you know, I get a lot of criticism that there's a lot of things that I don't do well, but there is one thing that is really strong on my resume, <laughs> and it is teaching painting classes. If you don't know about this in my life past, um, you need to come here in September, we haven't set a date yet, and paint your sheep with me, Okay. It's going to be super fun. You can create your sheep. It's going to be great. Um, so that's coming up. Look for that. If you're interested, let me know. And then also all the kids are going to be painting sheep in September. Um, we're going to do a day where they paint and create their own sheep. And then we're going to hang them all over the building. It's going to be amazing. Sheep. Isn't that fun? Sheep. Well, second thing I want to say about sheep, probably getting more to the point. And maybe you've noticed this that we have a stained glass that has a depiction of Jesus with three sheep on it. Thus, the idea of putting sheep all over, representing us with Jesus as the flock. But you may have wondered, why do we have a picture of Jesus and sheep in the sanctuary? Have you ever wondered that? Well, I think the very simple answer is that Jesus once said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. You know, Jesus used this metaphor, this image of shepherd and sheep to represent something about God's relationship with people, to say something about God and us. And although sheep and shepherds might not be very common here in Denver right now, back in the scripture writing days when Jesus was alive, like, Sheep and shepherds was very common, very familiar. It was just like speaking of their life experience and grabbing that life experience and then translating it to understand something about God. So, 
we have a picture of Jesus and sheep. And if you'd like to know more about all those biblical images, that's where Gala's class will come in handy in September. All right, so why Jesus and the stained glass? Because that stained glass, for us, is helping us connect to something about God, putting it in our language, something in terms we can understand, in an image that we can understand, and help us understand something about God. So here's where the curtain comes in. So this curtain represents this veil of separation between earth and heaven, between our earth experience that we can look around and see stuff and touch stuff, we can hear and taste. It's all this earth experience, stuff that we know here on earth. But there is this odd separation this curtain represents that we can't see this other side, the spiritual realm. We can't see heaven. As a result, we can't see God visibly. Now, heaven, spiritual realm, just as real and present as our earthly space, but we just don't connect to it through our senses in the same way. So this curtain represents the separation between our earthly experience and now God. Does that make sense? And the idea of using familiar things on earth is one way that God helps us kind of cross over the curtain to the other side, to understand something happening over here in the spiritual realm, something about God, understanding and knowing God. God uses language and experiences that we are familiar with to communicate what's like on the other side. And so we try to peek around the curtain to see God, to understand, to know him, to get to God, right? So this image of Jesus as a shepherd for us is a way that we kind of cross over to the other side and think, oh, okay, God is like a shepherd. We are like the sheep. Okay, I can think about that. I can fill that in like, oh, a shepherd takes care of the sheep. Shepherd protects. A shepherd keeps the, the sheep safe, feeds the sheep, and God takes them places. We can connect that and put that into our thoughts about God. And we can also, by saying that God is like this, we can also understand some things that are in opposite that God is not like. For example, you read the Bible, there's never in the Bible that it says, God is like a wolf coming to kill, eat, and destroy. The Bible doesn't say that because that's not what God is like. God is like a shepherd. And God is moving toward us in that care and compassion kind of way. Not in a wolf-eating kind of way. Does that make sense? All right. Well, images like the Good Shepherd help us cross the curtain to peek around the corner. And there are two primary ways that we peek around the corner. You know, we just try to get around the corner to see God on the other side and see more and understand more. And the first way that we peek around the corner is by using our mind, our intellect, our rational selves. We learn about this image of the shepherd and the sheep, and we can use our minds to think about that and to research that and study that and become familiar with it and then translate it to how we understand God. So you can think about shepherd and research. Okay, shepherds will lay their lives down for their sheep. 
Okay, crossing over to the other side to understand, ooh, God is that for us. Or, you know, the shepherd will leave the 99 to go and find the one lost sheep and bring it back into the fold. Ah, okay, I understand something about how God comes after me. This makes sense. God is like a shepherd who we can understand leads us to green grass and takes us to quiet waters. Okay, I can understand that about God. Kind of peeking to the other side using my mind and my intellect. Now, as we read the scriptures, there's all kinds of sheep and shepherd images. And in fact, you may recall that John the Baptist once saw Jesus and shouted out, Hey, look, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, using a different sheep image to apply it to Jesus. And once again, we can use our mind to research and understand, well, how does Jesus and this sacrificial system fit together? You know, we can start using our mind to research and understand, what is atonement? What is sanctification or justification or propitiation? All very big words that you have to use your mind to grasp and understand something about God that's on the other side of the curtain. All right, makes sense? You use your mind one way, to peek around the corner. But another way to peek around the corner of the curtain is to come and use not our mind, but to use our heart, our soul, and our spirit to peek around the corner to see God. And this is what we've been talking about in contemplative prayer. And this is not as straightforward as the mind activities. You know, the mind activities are pretty clear. Like, you can learn, you can read a book, you can research. But over here on the contemplative side, it's a little bit more like being in relationship. You just have to spend time together. And I just imagine this idea of the sheep and shepherd, that the shepherd is out in the field all these days and nights with the sheep. And by just being together, there's relationship that's formed that the sheep know the shepherd, and the shepherd knows each sheep uniquely. So, we can use our mind. We can also enter in to the other side of the curtain through contemplative prayer. Jesus once had this interaction with some people, and they were kind of tense and kind of attacking and coming after Jesus, and they were coming at Jesus kind of through their mind side. And Jesus responds to them, indicating that there's, that's important and there's more. And here's how this interaction went. It says, The Jews who were gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I love that line, that my sheep know me. They hear my voice. They know my voice. They know how it sounds. They know it's me. There's relationship that's present. And how did that happen? By being together. You know, sheep, they're not doing any research. They're just with their shepherd. And so on the contemplative prayer side, we have this 
this approach to God, not through our mind and words, but through our heart, our soul, and our spirit, which God also can communicate with. So it might go like this. You think about Jesus as the shepherd, and we might use the great Psalm 23 line, the Lord is my shepherd. And maybe you say that line, the Lord is my shepherd. And you just let that rest in you. Maybe you say that line, the Lord is my shepherd. And you let it be true in you. Maybe you say that line, the Lord is my shepherd. And you let that be enough for you in that moment, for God to meet you there. So we can come around the corner and peek at God through contemplative, or we can use our mind to approach God. Both are good ways, but we need both. Recently, we've been singing this song, God is an endless ocean, a bottomless sea. And I love that line. I'm just so like drawn into the image. Just like Jesus is a shepherd is this image that helps me kind of move to God on the other side of the curtain. This line, God is an endless ocean, a bottomless sea, is taking me across the curtain. It's helping me peek around to see something and understand something about God. So you think about that, right? God is an endless ocean. You can imagine standing at the, on the shore, looking across the ocean, just how vast it is. And how you can use that image to translate, start thinking about God as vast and endless and infinite. And using that image in that way. Of course, God is not literally an ocean. He's not the water. But we're using that image to bring us to the other side of the curtain. And I'd like to use that image today for us to consider where we are each at in our relationship with God. Where are you at in thinking about God as this endless ocean? What are you thinking about as you think about God as this endless ocean on the other side of the curtain? How much have you pulled back and peeked and saw about God? How far have you gone into that endless ocean? So, as you assess yourself, think about these categories. Think about yourself coming here to church You're here, you're present to God this morning. So maybe you're standing on the sand of the shore and you are looking out at that ocean. You're not sure, you have questions. Maybe your mind is stuck and needing some proof. Or maybe there's some fear, you know, because the next step is to step out into the water. And there's some fear about being in the water. There's some fear about the waves pushing against you or the, the undertow pulling against you. So you're standing in the sand thinking about, where am I at with God? Do I know the shepherd's voice? You look around and you see out in the water, you know, people swimming near shore. They're swimming and floating and having fun, playing in the waves. And you look out a little further and you see some people snorkeling around. You know, they've, they're putting their faces in the water and looking below to see the amazing fish, the colors, and they're experiencing something different 
because they're out there doing that. Oh, and then you see somebody, oh, it's Tim out in a boat, oh my goodness, with a group of people, and oh, it's a, an uncertified scuba diving group. <laughs> um, they are showing him how to put the mask on and breathe, and they're going to like hold his hand all the time so that he doesn't drown. But because you're in that class with that gear, you can go deeper and look at more. And you look out further, and you're like, oh, well, there. Look at, there's Charlie. He and a group, they're super trained to, like, go way down. You know, so far down that you have to, like, adjust somewhat. I don't know how you do this. You go down, and you adjust so that you don't get the bends and die. <laughs> but they get to go see more because of their training. The things they've done already have worked them up to go do this dive. And then you're like, whoa, look at those people way out there with their little submarine thing. And they're going to the bottom of the ocean, finding fish no human eye has ever seen. Now, where are you at in God is an endless ocean and your experience with knowing God, with knowing the shepherd's voice? Maybe you're back here standing on the sand and you're saying, you know, Tim, it's, it's like a miracle that I'm standing on the sand even looking out over this ocean, considering God. Like, if you knew my story, that it's like a miracle that brought me to this point to even look over the edge. Because, you know, not so long ago, I was living back in Iowa. Now, all of you listening online, I'm sorry, I'm just using Iowa as a state that's in the middle of the country, far from an ocean. But if you are back in Iowa, you can't even imagine what the ocean is like. You hear people talk about it, but it doesn't make sense. But for some reason, God has drawn and pulled and been moving in your life to bring you to be looking out and considering this endless ocean of who God is and the mystery, to peek around the curtain to look at the other side. You know, I want to share just a brief story about me and peeking behind the curtain. So, probably because I'm a dad of a six and eight-year-old, and I'm thinking about myself as a six and eight-year-old, I've been reflecting a lot lately about my experience of peeking around the curtain and hearing the shepherd's voice and knowing God. Um, and if we can sometimes, you know, kind of try to pull the curtain back by our intellect, our mind, or maybe we can try to pull the curtain back by, you know, contemplative prayer and being quiet and still and waiting for God. Another way that God sometimes just reaches through the curtain or you reach through the curtain and try to get to God is through crisis. So when I was a kid in elementary school, early elementary school, my mom had her own health crisis going through breast cancer. And so that also became a crisis for me as a little kid, where I then carried this unknowing, this fear, this anxiety, not knowing what's going on, and am I safe? Is this okay? And I remember, and this is like the beginning of me peeking around the curtain, I remember bringing myself to God, to Jesus, and just saying hello. And Jesus saying hello back. And for relationship form 
you know, really that was a developmental stage in my life where, you know, kind of growing up and leaving my parents' security and now moving to translating my place of identity and security in God and in Jesus. And, you know, I had really great guides in life because my mom, for example, was every morning going up to school, she would say, I love you and Jesus loves you more. Just kind of pointing to look around the curtain. You're even my grandmas, these like ladies of faith who guided me. Like my grandma Grady, her favorite verse she would say was, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Kind of just impressing that on me. Now, as a little kid, my mind wasn't grasping all that. You know, I wasn't approaching it through an intellectual, rational thing. I was approaching it through a relational because I was getting the example from my grandmas. You know, my mother, grandma, my grandma Potter, her favorite verse, you've heard me say this before, but she would impress on me, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. You know, so I was, I was receiving all these kind of guidance towards you to peek behind the curtain on my own. And it wasn't a, a mind, intellectual, rational thing. It was a relational pull as God pulled me to peek around the curtain. And in that, creating in me this inner sanctuary of my relationship with God where my soul and my spirit would connect and commune with God. That's what I hope for all of us, is that we are connecting with our minds with God and understanding things, but also we're connecting in that relational way where our spirit and our soul is connecting with God. So how have you gotten to know the shepherd's voice? How have you heard it and become familiar with it? Or are you just beginning that journey and figuring it out? You know, are you at times just trying to pull the curtain back with your mind to understand, to get proof of God? Or are you trying to pull the curtain back with contemplative prayer? God, I'm going to sit here until you show up. Or how has crisis, in whatever form, been the thing that God did to pull the curtain back to reach out and grab you? Well, this morning, I want to do a prayer without words, with us, with you. And it's a body prayer. So our bodies will lead the prayer, not our minds. Sometimes we have to kind of close off our minds and just let something else lead the way. So I recently learned this, and I've really latched onto it lately. So I'm going to tell you about it, then I'm going to invite you to stand up and participate in it and become very awkward with me. But it'll be good. It'll be good. All right, so here's how this body prayer goes. Once again, trying to set aside the words and come around and peek around the corner to God. So it begins simply by empty. So leaning over, opening your hands, and letting go. And empty. It's the first move, just to empty. Now, if something comes to your mind, a problem or a person or a thing or whatever is kind of comes to your mind, I think about letting it fall out the top of my head, and it just rolls away. So if that helps, you can do that. But empty. Next, second, is to fill. And just to open your hands, lift your eyes to the heavens, 
to peek around the corner of the curtain and let God fill you with whatever God wants to fill you with. And then, because sometimes it's difficult to actually take it in, to receive what God is giving, to believe that it's for you, that this is God caring about you, the next move, simply, to wrap your arms around yourself and to receive. To take it in that this is for you. To imagine or let your arms around yourself be God's arms around you, holding you, loving you, accepting you, caring for you. And then last is to share, to simply open up and to share. Because God has filled you, and now it can just flow out. It's free to you. You can freely give. And I know that for me, this has been super helpful because sometimes I can be kind of in lockdown mode, like I'm just here taking care of me. But this reminds me in the morning, ah, if I bump into somebody and they need something, I have something to share, whatever it is. Make sense? Four things. All right, here we are. Please stand up. Now, if you're living in Iowa and this is just a little stretching exercise, that's okay. Because you know what? If you are doing this and saying, God, show up, God will show up. So, whether it's a stretching exercise or truly your soul praying, it's all good. All right, so here we begin. First, we lean over and we empty. And I'll give you about 10 seconds for that. Now that you're emptied of all that stuff, you can lift your arms and you can fill. And then receive. Wrap your arms around yourself. Take it in for you. And then, last, open your arms wide and share. And don't hit your neighbor in the face. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.